0: Raisin Man
1: Arena. Welcome everybody to Raisin Man Arena. It's a beautiful day here in Brooklyn, New York. It's March 16th, 2022 and I'm here with my two best friends in the whole world.
0: That's right.
2: Here we are. Here we are and we're looking hot. Guys, if you just listen to the podcast, tune into the streams at least sometimes because my hair is looking hotter and sexier every day and Sarah has got a Great new outfit.
0: I came kind of swagged out this morning. Yeah, she really did. She just
2: rolled into the door, like, kind of lame. Was like, what's up? What are we doing?
1: You're looking like a tomboy girl in, like, uh, what's that?
0: Recess? In recess, yeah, in the cartoon recess, yeah. oh, like sp- Spinelli. Spinelli, yeah, because I'm not the exact same
1: outfit, but that vibe of yeah, like vibe, the tomboy but, but I look, I look cool,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you about my morning, and then we'll talk about Felipe's morning, and then Sam. If we have time, we'll get to your morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, It sounds like we got a pretty okay. full docket yeah. there. Okay, I but, can't wait. But I woke up this morning, okay, remembering that I had part of a piece of cake. In the kitchen. And for that reason, usually I get out of bed at the last possible second to get straight into like an Uber or on my bike to come here. But I was like, oh, there's this cake. I'm going to go have breakfast. And I went downstairs and I ate a bunch of chocolate cake and I felt terrible. Oh, no. In a way that I thought oh, this is why people think it's crazy to yeah. that I live the way that I do. Because yeah. this is how this, this is supposed to make you feel. Because usually you feel powered I Usually up. I feel powered up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have a whole bag
2: of Sour Patch Kids and you're like, and I'm ready yup, to go all that's breakfast. I'm feeling yeah. healthy. My mind
1: is clear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I ate this piece of cake and I felt like shit. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to be okay? And suddenly like, my life flashed before my eyes in a way where I was like, Oh, the lifestyle choices I make are really unhealthy. My life is going to be shortened. I'm going to have all these like uh, side effects to my health. But then I remembered that my whole family does what I do, and they all f- seem fine. Um, well, there's not. It's not too late to change your habits either. Oh, hmm. Do you think? <laughs>
1: I mean, it's never too late.
0: Is that no, something that interests
2: Felipe, you? Your cl- but you your classic anti-habit changing yeah, habits habits can't be changed. I don't yes. want to be in a We're war against sens-
0: myself. I'm anti-habits changing,
1: but I'm uh, I'm pro healthy food.
0: Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're so true. I got to so so you you get two two warring factions. Within yeah. You. Yeah. He's shilling for two different causes here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like my thought about that is like I'm addicted to eating sugar and high processed foods, and I don't want to spend the rest of my life. Building a new habit, but always wishing that I could just eat candy and cake. You think that if you tried to have a new habit that you would regret it and that your whole life would you... Just it would just be a struggle. Every day I would be pretending like, oh yeah, I want to eat that quiche too. Give me a slice of that quiche. But I would know that that's not really what I wanted. Well, but it doesn't... You could <laughs> still eat
1: healthy food and still eat the stuff you like, <laughs> just in moderation.
0: Interesting. Well, I'll think about that. But that was my morning. <laughs>
1: does that, not, does
2: does that, that not quiche mean, have like a layer of milk duds yeah. <laughs> melted beneath it? Yeah, it's the McDonald's McDonald's quiche. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but the then Ma- I drank a little, a, li- a small amount of water. I'd say like four tablespoons of water, and then I was like, "All right, I can do this." So I got here.
2: Damn, <sighs> washed it down with Mountain Dew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, Sarah, you got to stick around for a while because we're gonna be doing this podcast well into our eighties. <laughs> yeah. So we need it's you to true. be here.
0: true. We're launching the Patreon. About twenty years, when we're sure that there's an audience. <laughs> Do you think that if you ate
1: healthier, you wouldn't like have all the sort of psychological problems
0: that you have? That and better all that not stuff? be true. <laughs> that better not be true. If I start eating healthier and my psychological problems go away, I would be really. It would be upsetting, you know, when it's like there was a simple choice you could have made that would have saved you so much grief. Totally. And to, so to make the choice, you almost don't want to make it because you're like that would make. Well, All of my suffering seems so like asinine. I remember when I
1: first moved to the city saying to Sam, I feel guilt about having a therapist because, you know, I could just have a friend that I talk to. Why am I paying someone? And Sam said, well, you know, in a different time in history, human beings got exercised naturally, they just mm. got exercised throughout the day. Mm. I don't, I know that that's not my life now. So I don't mind paying a gym. So that I can get that exercise that I'm not getting in my daily life, and it's the same with antidepressants. You know, part of it is like, oh, I wish I could do this exactly. the natural way. And and you know, and, and what you're saying is like, you know, maybe in a different time in history, I was I wouldn't have been eating milk duds yep. and and McChicken's all day, but I don't <laughs> mind having to take the SSRIs so that I can live this modern life.
0: That's right. I guess that's not exactly what I was saying, but I think that that's an interesting point. What were, yeah. what were you saying? I was saying that you know, there's been times when I've been having. Panic attacks, like pretty much constantly, just like really bad anxiety all the time where I've been like, uh, there was a moment even I think this past summer, it was really, really hot outside and... I get stressed out if anything, like physically, I feel like I'm gonna pass out or die. or yes, something Yes. You know okay. What I mean? Oh my god. And we'll talk
1: about that. We'll talk about I that. I know what you're talking about.
0: Um, if I feel like I'm gonna pass out, I will panic, and which is well, gives you the, sort of the symptoms of thinking that you're about to pass out. So, yes. Yeah. Um, and I was walked through the heat to get to the subway, and then I was staying at the subway station, and I got really freaked out. I get freaked out about the car, the subway train stopping between stations, and then the voice coming over the radio and being like, that you know, like the thing where it's like that. That's unintelligible. Yeah, right. it's unintelligible. Because you're like, I'm
1: about to get on this train, and I'll find out that they're locking the doors, yes. and it's not going where I'm going.
0: <laughs> yeah, it really freaks me out. Um, so I just couldn't... The first train came, and I was like, I'm not fucking getting on that. Like, fuck that. And so I was like, well, just stay at the station. Like, try to calm down. Like, get on the next train. Next train comes by. I was like, no fucking way. I'm not getting on that. And then it's I,
2: filled with people?
0: No, just because I was, like, f- afraid that something oh, was okay. gonna, like... An ominous, bad feeling that something bad was oh, gonna happen. you said,
1: fuck that, I'm not getting on it, but not because of anything
0: concrete no, about the train. No, nothing that particular It was just train. your own. It was My like own neuroses had not settled enough Okay. <laughs> for <laughs> the,
2: me the to get on the train. The doors opened and like a cool group of friends <laughs> were hanging out there they like, yo, yo, you look cool. Sarah, come on in. And you're like, fuck that. The door is closed. Go by. Open again. A, a hot, potential boyfriend is sitting alone (laughs) reading a book that you've always wanted to read yeah doors closed train leaves
0: (laughs) i know i was letting my life pass me by um i needed to go meet peter mills weiss somewhere and i was like just letting the trains run by me in the station so to get to the point i then just went home i was like i'm not getting on the subway i'm not getting where i'm supposed to go i'm too stressed out for you know just pure irrational anxiety Yeah. yeah um And then when I got on um, anti-anxiety medication, the panic attacks went away. Like, for some people, you know, it takes, like, some time to get adjusted and I have to try yeah. different things. But for me, it was, like, the first thing I took at a low dose fixed everything. And in a way that suddenly made all of my suffering, which had, before I had been, like, oh, this is just, like, a cross yeah, this I, is have yeah. like, it I have to bear. life. Yeah, it
1: makes me stronger. It makes me
0: stronger. I'm figuring it out. It'll be okay. Yeah. Like, everyone has some. You took
1: a pill and it was, it was for nothing. And it was for nothing. All of the yeah. struggling was Pointless. for nothing.
0: So it almost made me wish I hadn't taken the pill so that I could just... Uh, that my suffering had some kind of meaning to it, perhaps. Especially. Well,
1: that makes me think of, um, you know, in Final Destination, the way those movies go is a group of kids is about to get on a plane, and then one of them has a vision, the plane's going to go down. She's like, we can't get on the plane, we can't yeah. get on the yes, fucking plane. That, yes. Then the plane goes down, and I'm thinking, what if that train that you thought, fuck no, derailed, I don't know if subways can yep. derail, but, you know, maybe it derails, yep. it goes into the wall. Yep. Like roadrunner yep. style. Yep. But now that you're taking the, an- the antidepressants, I would know you it couldn't
0: know time. that. You don't have <laughs> those premonitions
2: That's anymore. Right.
0: I can't <laughs> intuit that. So you're getting on the hella broken roller coasters. <laughs> so it's not necessarily good. So that was my morning. Oh, well, yeah. So, yeah, so I guess I was saying maybe if you ate healthier, you also I wouldn't. wouldn't have my anxiety problem. Yeah. But it, I've taken care of it. So okay. now, I get, like <laughs> so you said, I get to eat the candy and I just take the pills and I feel great. That's great. I'm glad.
2: I'm glad. Yeah, I remember this re- listening to a podcast episode of some other thing where this guy was talking about why we get an- anxiety, and he was like, he did this whole thing, which is kind of corny, that psychologists do, where he was like, you know, when humans lived on the savannah, oh, in a tooth pr- tiger proto-human state. The saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, he was like, it really behooved you to be, like, an anxious, worried person because you would, like, wouldn't take risks, and those were the people that, yes. like, survived or whatever, right. you know? Was, but those people in the modern context, they're not rewarded for the, their anxiety, That's right. you know? No. It's, the, it's the, <laughs> the go-getters, the people who don't have... Have a blissful lack of awareness. It's the fun-loving
1: guys. The fun-loving guys. The fun-loving guys. They got
2: a 6 plaque of mm-hmm. blue, blue moon. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they got Look Jinko shorts. Yeah. yeah, and they're just
0: totally. And where totally. would they be without the war rewards? Totally. Yes, where saving them from the mammoths. Where would they be? You know what? I two things. One, I feel this Alex Bliss doesn't have any anxiety as uh, that I can discern. And uh, I always envy him because he seems really cool and collected all the time. But I still think in the back of my head, I'm like, there's a point to my worrying. I'm thinking of important concerns.
1: Um, You'll get to the end of life and you'll think that was worth it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Totally. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is that I've been feeling sort of like vaguely unwell uh, there's maybe a lot of reasons for it but I know that Felipe you have too and then my roommate also has and so the triangulation of feel- three people close to my life feeling vaguely unwell made me think well there could be some kind of conspiracy some kind of like biological warfare. Havana syndrome. Havana yeah. syndrome. We all have Havana syndrome. Something yeah. going on. Damn and then it. I was like, oh my gosh, how will we know if that's happening? And I was like, oh, well, because the number of people calling into their doctors will increase reporting these symptoms, that's how we'll know. And I was like, but I'm not gonna call into my doctor because one, I don't have one. Two, because I, all of this stuff is symptoms of my anxiety. And then I thought, oh, well, all the neurotypical people will call into their doctors. This is when it's the time for people who are well-balanced to be like, I'm getting more headaches Something's weird, right? Something's weird. The, the hypochondriacs are going to be like, I can't call in. They're going to call um, yeah, yeah, I'm freaking out like always. Yeah. So it, this is my time to step aside and normal people <laughs> will, will call in and report the Havana syndrome and that's how we'll know. And yeah, then but the word will get back to me, but I can't be on the front line of that. Yeah i am um, okay good morning good morning, Coulter. Good morning
2: Coulter. Hey, Coulter, if you're in up? the chat say good morning to us talk about whether you're doing bad or good That's oh yeah what we're are doing you right experiencing
0: now. symptoms here's what some of them are um headaches uh a vague and ominous feeling of dread dizziness my roommate's eyes have been hurting and feeling like they're detached from her brain is how she described it bro yep wait But she, she, we're saying in our apartment that it's springtime allergies. I mean, I wish. No, (laughs) okay. Hear this. So,
1: um, last Tuesday, cut two. Last Tuesday, couldn't sleep. Closed my eyes, and they were closed, but sleep wasn't happening whole time that's why we didn't do the podcast if you're a faithful listener you'll know last week we didn't have a podcast if you're listening five months from now it won't make a difference it won't to you because you're just going through the soundcloud we'll made so many episodes so many that you don't even have a you're problem you're just
2: going through the soundclouds trying to figure out where we live yeah. whether we <laughs> dropped our addresses at all so that yeah. you can come and kill us yeah correct
0: <laughs> wait listen to this i got this text last week about the podcast being canceled okay um What happened to Raisin Man? I said, Felipe couldn't sleep last night, so he called an audible this morning. He said, okay, I've been there. Everyone has those days. But it seems like that's happened to you, and you still did it. But I guess everyone's built different. Wait, who said said that? Who
1: said that? (laughs) No, wait, I'll, I'll say this, though. You were the happiest that i that i called out oh, i was so and happy. as soon as i was up i thought hey i can do the podcast and i texted all of you guys hey you guys want to do it in an hour you didn't get back to me no for way, two, no a way. Day, an entire no day way. so whoever that is <laughs> and you don't have to say on air that was my Candel. <laughs> well mike you're wrong you're on notice yeah you're on notice
0: um well Coulter's feeling the symptoms okay yes if, again, if you are feeling symptoms, any symptoms at all, you can report them in the chat because we're putting together a case that there's some kind of Brooklyn syndrome. Yeah, the Brooklyn yeah. syndrome, <laughs> Brooklyn Havana syndrome. I don't Havana know what syndrome. to attribute it to, but some people are feeling weird. If you're a young creative, something's in the air. Maybe you'll have gas leaks. That's something I've thought too. That's something that I've thought too is that it's a gas leak situation.
1: Ah, that, so there was someone on Twitter who was tweeting weird stuff and then they said, oh, this was a gas leak. And then now everyone thinks they have a gas leak. I don't think we have a gas leak.
2: Okay. I don't think so either. We don't live together. I, it's also you, you like throw up if you ha- if you have carbon Correct. monoxide poisoning. Wait. And cult bangers is from England and they say that they're doing neutral at the moment, which well, is all to prove Wait, that this is kind of localized. Tell it's tell, localized. Can I just That's tell right. my damn
0: story? Oh yes. So <laughs> I'm trying to tell my
1: So I don't get any sleep last week. And then and then I descended into like a black hole of hypochondria where I thought I had everything i thought i got a concussion one day that's right i right you remember i was skateboarding i fell on my skateboard i didn't hit my head but then i like like you i started having symptoms of of panic attack and i thought i have no what happened is i fell (laughs) on my skateboard i got home and then i got really tired Mm, why did i get uh, tired because i didn't sleep all of tuesday (laughs) because i didn't sleep all night and so suddenly i'm sleepy and i thought i have a concussion that's what's happening So I almost have a panic attack. I call some friends, I'm like, hey look, I'm having a panic attack and you just talk to me. I believe I have a concussion, I know I don't, but just talk to me for a second. They talk to me. It's all well. Next up, I convinced myself that I have long COVID, (laughs) have not had COVID, convinced myself I already had long COVID. Why? Oh my God. Because I, my brain was foggy, like hella (laughs) foggy. And like, I couldn't focus on anything. And I thought, at first I thought, I have long COVID. This is weird. I've never had this feeling before. I've had sleepless nights, but now I can't think. And then I thought, no, it's because of the sleep because of the sleep so the weekend's going by i'm feeling very very weird um, the whole time i like i can't think about anything else like we're meeting with simpletown the whole time i'm like
0: i'm i had to do double duty to focus on everything oh my god because half of your brain needs to convince yourself that uh everything's fine and totally yeah. no because i'm like <laughs> on the
1: edge of a panic attack yeah. the whole time i'm, I'm like my, dying, brain I'm my brain is yeah. fucked my brain is fucked. my brain is yes um i'm taking like naps like two hour naps every day i'm just like i gotta get my sleep back on then what's today Wednesday Monday rolls around and I was like look this is it's been like three days where my brain is all we- oh also all weekend I didn't go out I was like scared I got go all out. scared I got was like scared and then also people we know are getting COVID this and that so I'm like not going out um Monday I talked to my dad I was like because he knows a lot about sleep because of his job and I was like What's going on? Like i sleep enforcement officer. Yes, at the union for the airline oh, for his airline. Yeah. And then I, I, was like, "What's going on?" I like my brain's broken. Oh, another anecdote. When we were doing that show, so Simple Town performed on Normal Guys on Wednesday, on Wednesday, which you were at. Yep. I almost had a panic attack during that performance. Oh my god! Like I was on stage really and back. I like left. I had no idea. Back. I mean, not like fully, but like I left my body. Like there was oh. a moment where I felt all numb and like and like hot, and oh, I was like, man. I was like, where? What is the scene we're doing like I was just not in not my right key, mind. Keyed
0: in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So on meanwhile, Monday. Meanwhile, Felipe's texting me this whole time, t- explaining he's got all these symptoms, worried about long COVID again. Haven't heard him talk Damn. about long COVID in months. I know, it's bad. But then he kept being like, yeah. but you know, all this is happening because I didn't get enough sleep on Tuesday. And this is like Saturday. And I'm like, are you 80 years old? I know, that's the thing. <laughs> I was like, like trying to be able to recover from something like that. I was trying to find an
1: explanation for why I was feeling so fucked. Yeah. And then on Monday, I talked to my dad. I was like, my dad will surely tell me That sometimes when you don't get sleep, you don't feel good. good. But he was like, yeah, maybe you should go to the doctor. That's weird. (laughs) That sounds wrong.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's the last thing that I ever want to hear is maybe you should go to the doctor.
1: So yesterday I go to the doctor. This story has has a concrete end. So I go to the the doctor yesterday and um, I'm like giving them my history. And then as I'm giving them my history, they they like take my blood pressure and they're like, your blood pressure is quite low and it's always been
0: low. But then I remembered last summer I passed out. Do you remember that? This motherfucker passed out. I yeah. passed out
1: if, you, if you're a faithful listener. He was
0: feeling terrible, but he decided to rally and go rock climbing. Rock. climbing. <laughs> I pass out outside of the rock climbing gym.
1: I'm swarmed by nice people who bring me little juices. And then I spend the rest of the day in the hospital. Rest of the day in the hospital with an IV drip. Um, low on phosphorus. So, cut to Monday. Or no, yesterday. I'm talking to the doctor. I'm like, oh. I was low on phosphorus a summer ago. Maybe I'm just like deficient in something and that's why my brain is all foggy. Um, So he like runs all these like blood tests. I won't know until next Friday. But then I, I went straight from the doctor to fucking Dwayne Reed. I bought a vitamin water and a Pedialyte. I faced that, both of them. Just what drink the inti- pedi I, I could go get it, I, I can't did. remember. <laughs> oh, it was like uh, uh, that fruit that you open and it's got little berries inside of it okay pomegranate berry, pomegranate. <laughs> pomegranate Yeah. Jake. um so pedialyte's good it's good it's fucked up it's so really good yeah. <laughs> it's good and you feel good
0: while you're drinking it you know you're safe i know yeah, yeah. it's like it you're taking healthy you stuff
1: yeah <laughs> and at first i thought i'm saved my brain is back back on track but then as the night went on no it wasn't i was still feeling weird like you said like just like yeah like I was thinking like I'm gonna faint like I kept thinking that and I couldn't and even going to the doctor I was like ashamed because I was like is this doctor about to tell me like you're being weird you're, like the doctor <laughs> you're would so know like you're weird. being a hypochondriac so weird <laughs> <laughs> um, but no the doctor was actually quite nice and asked me questions the way a doctor wow. should but I was like amazed because I'm so used to like discounting these things or being like I'm being a hypochondriac that I was surprised that he simply did his due diligence that's funny and then final final bit of the story it's almost over cut two. Last night, I go to sleep, getting ready to have a nice, beautiful rest rate of sleep before raising Man Arena. Did not sleep. One second. Wow. I closed my eyes. As soon as I closed my eyes at 11, I thought... It's going to be a no sleep night. Like I could wow. just feel
0: it right away. I could just feel it. Not any sleep. Usually I feel like by five in the morning, a person suddenly falls asleep. Without, mm, I mean, know. maybe I had like, I don't think I had any REM, but I tried
1: everything. I read for a while. I brought my bed out here and I slept, tried to sleep here. Wow. Then I watched an episode of John Wilson. Then one came around. I thought I just need to go for a run. And I went for a 30 minute run. Then I came back. I took two showers um, jo J O'd like three times throughout the night. <laughs> I, what else did I do? Listen to a podcast at, at five. You
0: went for a run.
1: I know that was the, cra- I've never psychotic. done that before. Never done that before. And That's
2: psycho. I would never do that. It couldn't. Runs it, go, make me go. woo.
1: Runs make me nice and sleepy, but it didn't work. I was sleepy and I closed my eyes and I thought, about, I'm about to drift off to dream Cause I was really tired. And then I opened my eyes two hours later.
0: I was like, I didn't fall asleep the whole time. Isn't that weird? Whenever you can't sleep, you're like, wow, sleep is such a mysterious
2: thing. Yes.
0: It's crazy that it can't just be activated. It's like (laughs) a little
2: guy that keeps hiding behind (laughs) like a tree when you try and look at it in the woods. You know, it's like the more you try and look for the thing, the more evasive it is. Yes, totally. Yeah. Damn, if I were you guys, I'd just fucking put a bullet in my head. (laughs) That's. I I thought last
1: night I kept thinking, I kept thinking a cruel God is torturing me, wow. a cruel God is torturing me. I just wow. kept thinking that I was it like, I'm so tired. Yeah, this, whole week, this whole yeah, week, this whole week, I've three. been just assailed and, and, and this night, this
0: just night of trials, cause it's the second night wow. of no sleep. Being really tired folks, that's another symptom you can report in the chat. I've been tired, I've been falling asleep instantly, but been sleeping for like 10 hours. That's too long for someone. That's too long, yeah. So report that in the chat Damn. too if you've been sleeping, you've been really tired, you've been sleeping for a long time.
2: Imagine being imagine being like me, a perfect ten. I wait, I go bliss I set sail for the land of sleep <laughs> blissfully every night. <laughs> I stay hard wow. for hours. Wow. You know? Yeah. I, I, I have a perfect athletic body. Not a worry in the world. Mm-hmm. You eat healthy. L- I eat healthy. Life is just one blessing after another coming my way. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: for some people it
1: is. Yeah. Some It takes all kinds. Some of us have crosses to bear. Some, some of us have heavier backpacks. That's right. And we just carry them. Oh,
0: man.
2: Wow. Yeah, that sucks.
0: So are you tired now? You feel good?
1: I'm really jittery. Like, I just had two coffees. I feel like... like it's like my words... There's a part of my brain that's functioning, but me, I'm not like, I'm like behind, I'm running, I'm catching up to everything (laughs) I'm saying and doing, you know what I mean? Totally. Like split in half. Totally.
0: Yeah, I've been on, like, dates before where I had panic attack about who knows what, just something unassociated, um, and then just continued acting totally normal, you know, just smooth water, like, nothing's going on. I'm like, wow, this person has no idea. I'm like, <laughs> in my own mind, like, it's taking so much strength for me to just go on being sort of making light jokes and, like, asking follow-up questions and, like, this sort of thing, and I'm convincing myself, like, you're not going to die, you're not going to die, you're not going to die the entire time, um, and so it, I think of it as, like, a particular kind of strength, but it's one of it's not worth anything,
2: basically. What, like, it, what it gets you is being normal. It's just acting normal. Right. <laughs> and when sucks. you describe it to
0: anybody, you just sound insane. <laughs> right. So, But you're like, but it's so... I work so hard. <laughs> and imagine
1: if you were normal, all of that energy you could put to being extra U. You. Totally. you could be U plus 10, but totally. you're being U minus 10, and then you have to plus the 10 to get to zero. Totally.
0: You got to get to zero. That's all. That's like yeah. when we
1: were at that hang and you seemed totally normal. And then two hours in, I was like, so what do you want to do? do want to go? Do you want to stay? And you were like, we got to get the fuck out of here. We got to get the fuck out of here. And I was like, why is she so pressed? <laughs> that's
0: and you were so like, funny. I've
1: been going crazy all day. Can't you tell? <laughs> I'm like, no, we were just chilling.
0: We were at the pool. <laughs>
1: we were at the pool all day. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Having a nice time, eating lunch. <laughs> and Felipe like, asked me, do you want to leave? And I was like, yeah, I'd like to leave soon. And he was like, are you sure? Because I could stay longer. And I popped like, off. No, we got the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> I
1: was like, you seemed okay that whole time. Yeah. Anyways. I, I, anyways, I have... No pride about this. I don't think no. it's cool to be up to wound no. tight like this. No. It's so lame. It's, it's so not. stupid. It, yeah. I wish I was a fun-loving guy.
0: Totally. Um, I got all kinds of topics to talk about Please. today. Please. Yeah. Me too. Really? Yeah. Oh, Y'all great. got topics? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's been two
2: weeks. Yep.
0: My mind's flooded. I got to get I all this stuff out. I just took out a
2: double-barreled shotgun. It's going topics, bitch. During
1: the week, you guys r- really think about topics to talk about?
0: something will occur Sometimes, to me yeah. and then i'm like that would be good to talk about a raisin man <sighs> and then last night usually like the night before i start thinking about what are we can talk about tomorrow and then it just like starts yeah starts, start flowing. Thinking, starts flowing for me
2: i think of a topic and i go that would be fun for me to talk about but i know felipe will hate this
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really
1: i gotta see a list of these topics
0: because
1: i need to know if that's true or not <laughs> i'll tell you one yeah, this no, is what no, i thought about- of
0: just in the car on the way over um <clears throat> it's not that great, but it's something that's been bothering me. Remember when we were kids? STEM. Yep. What's STEM? Science, Science technology, technology engineering. engineering, math. And why yeah. did they make it into a thing like that? This isn't the topic yet. I'm just kind of laying a groundwork. It's just a catchphrase. It's just a catchphrase. Yeah. But what were they trying to do with it? They were trying to like make it
2: be. This like is scary. I'm scared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the
2: Socratic <laughs> style the Socratic is me. This is bringing to- me back to like first grade, and I'm like scared and nervous. <laughs> to me,
0: they were rebranding. Science, technology, engineering, and math. Into something. <laughs> so the kids were like, STEM, cool. Yes, exactly. Or they were like trying they were trying to get kids into STEM the entire time that we yeah, were. Yeah, you school. could fit on a
2: t shirt and kids want to wear t shirts and hoodies and totally.
0: stuff. Totally. And it was a catchphrase that politicians could use to like improve STEM education and like all this stuff. People are always talk about STEM. Now it's not STEM, it's STEAM.
1: Oh, that was big when I was at RISD.
0: That was big. We're turning STEM to STEAM.
2: What's what? A- what's the A? It art. stands for art. What? No way! It's, you can't put, it, art, it in you you put art in there. do not belong. It do not belong there. there. It's a cheap trick. <laughs> it should be
1: art, English, history. You know, the liberal <laughs> totally. arts should be their own and
0: thing. Exactly, and, and so bisexual. It actually, it, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it pissed me off because I was like, okay, well then, Steam now covers everything except <laughs> literature and social studies. Why are those things being like made to seem insignificant? They're getting totally sidelined. And
1: also, it's it's the STEM people admitting that they have no swag
0: totally they're like we need need we need to borrow
1: some swag can we borrow some swag for our (laughs) swagless for our swagless project
0: totally and it bothers me and i imagine i can i think if i was in school right now and i was into the arts which i was that i would suddenly have to be like yeah i'll do the steam program it's a trick to like get people who want to do the just the a now they got to do the st what kind of a dollar
1: um, do you you have have to be to be doing art and you're like the oh stem now I like science yes. technology is, is it is
2: it a, is it like a reciprocal relationship are both art and stem getting like uh getting benefits from it or is it science people being like we want to incorporate art so that we can be get uh get cool or is it the art people being like we want to associate, our, associate ourselves with science so that we can like reap the you, know rewards, funding. The you know what rewards. it is you know what it is
1: It's a totally demonic, debased project to turn art into some utilitarian Mm, thing. Right? It's like art art can't do anything unless unless you use art to design the new space suit for the fucking you know for the Mars call. Or like unless you use it to design
2: a new That's level one thinking. That's what was
1: that's what it was at RISD. Like when we were at RISD it was all about steam and like that's all good if you want to like mix uh, some science with art, like that's cool, but like as a as a sort of institutional project
0: you need artists to decide, should the iPhone be bigger this time, or should it go back smaller? Right, or, yeah. or the
1: dreaded design thinking, you know, bringing like design firms to cities so they can privatize mm. them. It's, it's, a de- it's demonic. It's really demonic. It's demon shit.
0: And there's a, a high school that I, is in my neighborhood that I always pass by. They have a huge sign outside that says Steam, and it just drives me nuts. I really don't like it. I. Yeah, Brad Tramiel, I think this is Brad Tramiel who says, you know, art does what everything else can't do. Right. So you can't use it in a utilitarian way to make science cool. I think it is a tech thing because it's this idea that totally. like that in tech
1: you're bringing like imagineers. creative minds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like people who yeah. think outside the box. like. Yeah. It's
2: imagineers. <laughs> that sounds like the, that's like the word pedophile to me. Like imagineers yes. should be on like a, li- yes. a list oh. of people that can't go near mm-hmm. a school.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah, you should be. Yeah, if you get called an imagineer, you should not be able to be in pub- part of public life. Yeah, don't go near my kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's
2: funny. yeah, yeah. I I remember a talk in school where like the the president of of Bard College was like. He was like, yep, yeah, art is precisely, by definition, it's like, it has no utility. And mm-hmm. that's like, that's its point. And, uh, there's a spectrum of arts things. Like ceramics is like kind of an art. Ceramics is... A c- but it also... Ceramics falls into a kind of separate category because ceramics also has utility. At least like the bowls and the plates. Do, That's you true. Know? That's and true. so there's actually this like spectrum of arts that have utility versus no utility. And you can put things on them. But but the, the art of something is the it has no utility definition. I, I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: I also wonder... I also wonder if there's I'm like I'd be curious to see I'm gonna try out a theory. Could be totally wrong. I'm sure can I head. say something first? Please, please.
0: Um, That's crazy that the head of Bard would be giving a talk like that. At Penn, the president was always just like, we need to raise a hundred million more (laughs) (laughs) dollars. Whose parents want to give us (laughs) a hundred million more dollars? No,
2: totally. Most college presidents are like CEOs, basically. They're like professional fundraisers. (laughs) Wait, Um, they would say it to
0: the students? No. But it was always like the president would come out to announce, we're doing the future of Penn fundraising. And we'll be traveling around the world raising money. (laughs) So we
1: can make a glass building.
0: Exactly. Exactly. In the exactly. middle of Philly. Yeah, Amy Gutman was never making a speech about, what. what is the meaning of art? <laughs> That's funny. All right, now you. Felipe's going to be, hello, Felipe will be, welcome to Razor Man. Felipe's about to try out an idea. Okay, so
1: STEM, when did we start hearing it? After kind of the Bush era, during the, the Obama oh, years. Fuck, he's about to connect all the dots. It was, po- <laughs> it was sort of like after No Child Left Behind, okay. and this anxiety yes. about Chinese uh, you know, sort of uh like the d- d- Chinese students are doing better in all of these subjects yes. and da 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 and yes. we have to like bring up American students
2: to this. Yes, and most of our steel comes from China That's and steel's right. what built the two towers. Correct. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> and if you
1: look at the whole it can't have been a point, <laughs> yeah. no. But I'm just thinking, I wonder if the American if the American consent machine uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Is
2: consent machine? I don't know. Do you, you know the American the propaganda manufactured, machine, oh. manufactured oh,
1: yeah. consent machine, was like, <laughs> yeah, we can't. Machine. We're not going to beat these Chinese students. Yeah. We got to we gotta invent a thing where we're like, ah, well, but we got the artistic kids. You know what I'm saying? Mm, it's got to like invent a paradigm mm, where that matters. It's a kind of yeah. cultural imperialist like, oh, but we have soul. Like, we have a little bit of soul. Yes. And the yeah. Chinese students, they don't have the soul. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that that's maybe... That's part something. of the ideological was that they're trying to
0: rebrand America as the techno empire. That's creative. Right. They don't have our creativity. It's like it's like something okay. Unquantifiable.
1: They have the people who do the like the like you know all, all, all the kind of um bulk work, but we got yeah. the like we got the Silicon we have the, Valley the guys, Geniuses. Right. We got the
0: Steve Jobs economy here. Yeah. We churn those guys out. Yeah. It, it's totally bankrupt. That's funny. It's I think totally there's something bankrupt. to that. Yes. Yeah. Was
2: that a dynamic at RISD between like international students and I mean did you hear like kind of racist stuff. We were like, oh the the Chinese kids don't have um conceptual <laughs> I chops. Think,
1: I think maybe that came up. I guess I mean, I, I guess. Or is that a, just something on I think gl- in my
2: head? Yeah, what's going on? What's yeah. going on? What are you suggesting? <laughs> <laughs> it
3: sounds like, like something yo, you're Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Is
2: We're this racist about- thought yeah. that I've had something <laughs> that I'm trying to like, okay. get Felipe <laughs> to say? All
0: right. So we both brought a lot of topics today. <laughs> um,
2: we'll, we'll no, 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 no. That. Because that, that's like a, a racist thing I've heard people say. Yeah, yeah. You know? No,
1: people at You would say stuff like that. See, there you mm. go. Yeah. <laughs> but shove that down your
2: throat. But
1: <laughs> I guess I'm just saying this. The steam thing is a thing I've had to be in my bonnet about for a minute. Wow, then I'm so glad I brought it up because it was huge. It was like. Yeah. It was the dumbass catchphrase that they were all saying when I started school. And again, like I had a, a lot of friends who loved the sciences and loved the arts, and that was cool. They integrated them in interesting ways. The Mark
0: Fingerhuts. That's yeah, right of the
1: world. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's not the the concept itself isn't bad, but the branding to me is just. Demonic. I hate it. I hate yeah.
0: it. Yeah, it's such a cheap trick. So what are these topics y'all got? So that was topic one.
2: Um, I wanted to talk about. Uh, selfie uh, museums. There was one more thing. Fuck, I forgot. And it was personal, hmm. but let's move oh, something
0: on. something personal. Yeah. Is something personal?
2: I can't remember. I can't remember now because it was... The well, thing let's talk about selfie museums. Uh, okay.
0: Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha. <laughs> All, right. All right. We're going to for this
2: one. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, so selfie museums, sh- I guess it, maybe it's best to start to s- describe what they are and then work backwards from there. But I... Th- Selfie museums are these like fake museums that are set up by like corporations and private a group of sort of p- private equity investors get together and they say, "Okay, what do people want in museums? They want big fun art that they can take pictures of themselves in front of." So why don't we just create a museum that looks and feels like a museum, but it has no actual artists in it? We just replicate the kind of art that we know Sells tickets at museums yeah, yeah, and then yeah. get people to come to museums, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we just replicate that, put that in a building, charge people way less than it takes to put to 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 go into an actual museum, and they can just take pictures in front of it. And apparently, these make tons of money, and they do really really well. And and it, what what then? This is comes from Brad Jamel, but <clears throat> what what people say is that like it's essentially the perfect sort of like final synthesis of a set of movements that have been like happening in museums for a really long time.
0: Yeah. And
2: that there's one way to look at, they're, they're both simultaneously like gauche and an example of neoliberalism and disgusting and not the point of museums, but then also they are sort of like the perfect sort of sort of representation of sort of accessibility that museums often strive to have.
0: Yes. That's interesting. So we're talking about this is the derivative works based on stuff that's like uh what's that artist's name who makes the gourds that have the dots on them? The Japanese woman. I can't y- remember the name, K- but I know it, yeah I think are her initials. One. Um Kus, yeah, I can't remember what it is. Um yeah, those kind of like immersive because when you said selfie museum, I thought it was a museum of pictures of selfies, but it's not. It's like the stuff that's like uh Immersive adult, like, uh, immersion. I mean, I'm keep using the same words, yes. it's like a fun yes. house kind of. Yes, art it looks like maybe like a haunted pictures.
2: house, but instead of scary stuff, it's like a room that's filled with foam or yeah, a room yeah. that has like really, really garish patterning on the walls and yeah. strange, like, big objects in yeah. them. Yeah,
0: or there was one in like DC that was like you objects. were given sticker circles that you would put everywhere and then the room became it was just a white room covered in like dots. You were given the stickers? Yes. And so just everyone me. else's stickers were just on the wall. Mhm. Did and they ever take down the stickers? No, it would just become more and more and more and more. What? All the time. That was the art. Um and it was very photographed and people would come and photograph them putting their stickers up and
3: Yeah.
1: Pretty
2: cool right? You actually like that flip, don't you? Well, <laughs> what's
1: wrong with taking a nice <laughs> selfie? And if it makes money it means that people like
2: it. Yeah. Chip says, "Where are these museums?" So there's one called the Museum of Ice Cream, which <laughs> is right next to the Whitney Museum. Uh, so that's one example. I don't yeah. know of any others by name off the top of my head. But a friend of mine who works in the museum world, she says that her, the gallery she works at, they're opening up one of these museums in Miami. Yeah.
1: Wait, the gallery, the real actual art gallery that she works at is opening up a selfie museum
2: one yeah one of these selfie museums and what's the theme i don't know she didn't say she she mentioned a foam room though
0: she mentioned a foam room
2: yeah which is yeah which is why i knew how to give it as an example
0: that's interesting it also reminds me of meow wolf do you guys know what that is yes
2: he's an artist right they're like an art collective in santa
0: fe and um they started out, apparently Fuck. The, the Santa, it's okay. Fuck. <laughs> I won't do any more Socratic questions. I'll just give answers uh, the rest of the episode. In Santa Fe, there's this group called Meow Wolf that formed because I guess the scene there is like rich galleries and like old people. I, I've never even been to Santa Fe, so that's kind of surprising. <laughs> yeah, they have a big, they have a big art scene. They have a big gallery. And I think a lot of people scene.
1: from Dallas, uh, like people who make money in Dallas, go to Santa Fe to buy art.
2: Yeah. Santa Fe is where? What in state? New Mexico. New Mexico? New Mexico. Okay.
1: Um... That's Is Museum Cop- of Sex one of these selfie museums?
2: Coulter has a funny little joke. That's why we're that's all d- pausing. That's our
0: British friend, Cop Bangers.
2: Oh, Cop Bangers. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Cop Bangers says, look... Like those things where you poke your head through a hole and you're, old fa- and you're an old-fashioned strongman but at a museum. That's right. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> That's like, right. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: I'll just tell the Meow Wolf thing quickly. Is that they, um, they were people who were not part of that scene. They were kind of marginalized. So they rented a big warehouse and they filled it up with garbage. And they built these, like, um, crazy immersive art installations that became, like, extremely popular <clears throat> to go visit and see. And they started like uh becoming institutionalized and getting funding and making money off of it and getting more and more epic. And now they are like a I feel like a multi-million dollar startup like that goes around doing installations around the country and like is totally so different than the thing that it started out, which was like people fucking around just like being creative. And now they have a way of just like uh churning out installations for different funders and like
1: yeah my sense though is that those people do at least begin from some vision from some artistic vision as opposed to as opposed to something i mean i guess it's objective it's subjective yeah yeah, but there's like a there is a kind of selfie museum
0: that's like uh yeah just a calculation in a Yeah. yeah in a boardroom yeah it's funny to think that you can really dial that stuff in because i it started i think from art i think her name is yayoi kusama Right. you have been thinking of her name. I've been thinking of her name this <SSSSS-> whole <SSSS-> <SSS- <of> <SSS- time. This been time. Been I'm like, C- I know what it is. Name, I know it's filling it in the blank. Yes, um, people who started out as like real artists who I just remember her story because she was really unpopular in New York in the like. 1950s 1960s and she was starting out like she didn't get any attention she was starting in the 1950s she's still alive still alive how, how old still is alive. she she's old 500 years old well, let's look her up i mean let's see if i'm wrong starting
2: out in the 50s i don't know anybody who was alive in the 1950s
0: my <laughs> dad was born in 59. wow i'm a brilliant genius it is no Soda. but if she was starting out she's in the 92 50. what the hell listen up she's 92 She was born in 1929 1929. And she was making this like cool, immersive, surreal art. And no one's paying attention to it because she's Japanese and a woman. And, uh, believe it or not, back in the day, they used to only want to have white men. In no our world. way now we know that that's <sighs> nothing I that ain't true anymore yeah. I hear that and I <laughs> <laughs> can't Should've believe it should have been born
2: in a different time yeah Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah there would have been
0: more opportunities for bad for her but yeah. good for us yeah, yeah. <laughs> people like
2: you and me Felipe yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: and she was like depressed I just read this description in an article about her like um, just like living on the floor of like an empty squalid apartment and then like eventually went back to Japan and became really popular in Japan and then only through that like sort of had a resurgence in America later because of people who really loved to Japan who came to the United States to study. Um, but now to think that her kind of art that's like, uh, I don't know, something that she really struggled to like make and get any attention for is something that people are like, yeah, how can we um, take that, globalize it, like sell it, uh, make as much money off of it as possible. Totally. It's a strange thing.
2: Totally. Yeah. But we sh- we admire her for getting her bag so late in life. Big
0: time. Yeah. yeah
1: big time, yeah. But if
0: you're getting your bag
1: at 93, it's like, by that point, I'd be like, Fuck. So Give
0: it to my fucking grandkids. Yeah,
1: yeah, or this should have happened when I was 20. I was, yeah. When I was like... <laughs> when I wanted to have a nice apartment. Yeah, when I wanted yeah. to party. Now I'm 93. Yeah. <laughs> I know, but, but
2: yeah. see, the thing is, if you get really big, there's goods and bads of both, but if you get big when you're really young, then you are like become really depressed when you're in your 50s and 60s because you know what it's like to
0: you ride to, the roller coaster and you you're ride, back down and at it the goes bottom. down yeah. again
2: and and it sucks to be old having been so famous when you were young but if you kind of if your life looks like the plot of a movie where you actually indeed career wise peak at, in your like 60s 70s kind of at the towards the end of your life then it's like well the whole your whole life then was this like roller coaster going k- k- you know, like showing upwards. And that's that's kind of exciting. And you, you know, get to finally nice.
1: show yourself to the world as a person with a lot of experience. Wrinkles. With a lot of wrinkles.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. right. Yeah. And you get to be like, see, I told you guys I'm really good. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: She should that's right, yeah. chip insider knowledge, she should buy a Rari. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, for real. Bro, she bought a Rari. <sighs> Interesting. Yeah. I would never go. Maybe I would go to a museum like that. I don't know. It's funny. There's the one that was, um, I think it was like in the Hishorn. It was somewhere in DC where it was like a, a room of mirrors and there was just one point that you would stand at that was like the perfect point to enjoy the art by, which is where you would need to stand to take a photo and only one person could stand there at a time. And it just like when I heard about this, it kind of epitomized the like self museum thing where I was like, oh, an artwork where it's just like only you are in there, getting to be in the art and taking your picture, mm. yeah. And the art is all about you standing in the middle of it. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they meant it. Ironically, maybe they did.
1: What if they cut out a hole of the Mona Lisa and then everyone who went to the Louvre could put their face through that and be the Mona
0: Lisa? Kind of cool. <coughs> That's be kind of cool. That would be kind of well, fire.
2: Yeah. The thing that Loki that Tremels says which Brad is Trim- which I think Mr. is Trimmel? interesting Mr. Tremell uh is that he's like since the age of Instagram and the internet artists already are encouraged to make art that looks good on social media and that people want to to take pictures of and take pictures of themselves in front of so it's like there isn't the, the actually the delineation between a selfie museum and mm. what happens at regular museums is actually becoming so small that it's like it's kind of per, perfect that the selfie museum cropped up when it d- did. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. You know, this actually connects to my personal story that I wanted to tell. Great. So now oh, I could yes. <laughs> perfect. So now I can tell it. Um, so I posted on Instagram. I guess it was. A, Yesterday, yesterday about this conductor that came to Life World. You guys see that? Yeah, it's okay. It sounded read the whole funny. Thing. It was funny. Um, I posted on my close friends uh, only because I thought if word gets back to the people in this orchestra and they think that I'm like making fun of them, that would really break my heart because I have total respect for these people and I'm so excited for them to do a show at our space. But it, I just had this really funny experience where. Um, this man, who's like an 80-year-old experimental composer and conductor, self-taught, independent his entire career, Early you know, enough. like non-institutionalized, shows up on the stairs at Life World, and he's like Chechnyan, or uh, he's from Czechos- Czech Republic. I suddenly realized that I didn't actually know Czechoslovakia even existed area. anymore. That area. That area. Czech Republic. He's Czech. I don't think Czechoslovakia existed Czechoslovakia, Czechoslovakia I think, got divided up, and Czech Republic now Czech is now. Czech Republic. Yeah, he's from there. And... um he was just like a really funny old man, and he came in to look at the space, and he basically just like looked around, you know, like look over here, look over there, and he was like, "Great, let's get it scheduled." And um, it was so confusing to me. He's the head of an orchestra that's like a real orchestra not a they, fake orchestra not like a all fake the other orchestra. people that have been through that no space. way he's not doing electronic orchestra yeah like an orchestra where you conduct like a hundred people on a massive stage Wait, there's gonna ball. be a hundred people inside no, of life world there's not going to be they're okay. doing a 12 person okay yeah a <laughs> which is more reasonable um but it was just really confusing because I, I kind of wanted him to at some point break from the character of like an eccentric Uh, conductor man and just be like (laughs) all right here's the deal it's part of our mission that we have to do things at alternative spaces and engage young people or like i wanted there to be some kind of explanation for like why drop the mask let me get real let's get real i'm gonna stop being weird totally they formed the orchestra in like 1972 they've been around for a long time they have their own auditorium in brooklyn heights so they don't even need a space to do it so everything about it i was just like this doesn't make sense this doesn't make sense Life World doesn't seem to me like a particularly acoustic No, the acoustics are terrible are terrible um, So everything about it, which is also funny Because I knew that he was going to be coming at some time on Tuesday Or I guess it was on Monday actually It doesn't matter, sorry um, And I was like talking to Leo Since he knows Orchestra World About like things that I might need to know To talk to this man about And I was trying to figure out the difference between an amp And a PA and a speaker Which I've never known What, what the is the is. difference an amp is something that you can, like, put effects on. You know, you'd plug a guitar or a keyboard into an amp, and you can, like, fuck with the sound, sort of localized. Uh, okay. A PA makes things louder. It's like what does PA stand for? A public address. Okay. But you can't, do sp- you can't do effects. It doesn't have little knobs. It doesn't have little knobs. You can turn it up and down. And a speaker? And a speaker. Both of those are types of speakers. <gasps> Listen to this. Okay. So I had done all of this preparing to meet this man and then I find out violins, flutes, you don't plug any of that stuff in. No.
3: <laughs> Not at all. So
0: none of what I had like gotten ready for with this man mattered at all. And what was funny about his personality was he was just like one of those old people who wouldn't say yeah, totally, totally, totally. Like he wouldn't talk. You know how young people are always yes. like, mm-hmm. uh, affirm, 100%, affirmative, hundred percent, hundred percent. He wouldn't give me a single yeah, totally. No matter what I said, like he would not let me think for a second that we were ever on the same page. Everything I would say, was, no, no, that's not it. That doesn't matter. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, so funny. And it was so funny. And he just kept shutting me down at every turn and being like, no, here's the way it's gonna be. You listen to me. <laughs> I think sometimes people in
1: different cultures have kind of negative. um like expression, like I remember when I was in France. There's this way that like middle aged French people act, where they seem to be angry all the time. Where they're mm. like, "Oh la la, oh," boy, and they're always doing that. And it's like they're not in a bad mood. That's just. That's just that's just
0: a funny way to act that they all act that's like that's what they act like. And it made me <laughs> yeah. want to be like that. I was like, I want to stop saying yeah totally and start start saying no, that's not it at all. No, what are you talking about? No, like- <laughs> <laughs> what if he's but yeah, come back yeah. no, that's Because I never do that. Even if someone says something and you're like, that's not quite right, you're like, mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Something like that. Yep. Um you always come from a place of yes. But he was coming from a place of no. And it was really making House me of laugh. Yes. Yes, house. Look, he, I'm in the house of... Yes, he's in the house of... <laughs> he's in the house yes. of they, should, they should make
1: a house of no yes. straight. And just it's all everything straight people.
0: he was doing was funny. You know, we have that kind of like um, jacked up couch that's like on the floor that's like falling mm-hmm. apart. I tried to position myself so he would sit on the wooden chair, but he went for the little couch on the floor fell into it and then got stuck down there <laughs> <laughs> um. and was trying to get up but like the arm of it falls off and he was pushing on the arm and the arm was like collapsing to the ground um so it was just the whole thing was He's funny like,
2: this is perfect <laughs> <laughs> no totally i was For like we'll replace the couch
0: before you guys come in and he was like no 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 like it just didn't he didn't give a fuck um and i wanted to tell the story on my instagram now i'm getting to the point that relates to what you were saying and um I had this feeling, I wrote these like posts, like maybe seven posts, like telling the story of it. And I wanted the, the point of it to me was like, what was funny was that I kept trying to say things to be inviting and acquiescent and he kept shutting me down. And I was like, that's the joke of like what this interaction was. And so I'll just tell the story in a way that like really frames that. But I felt kind of cheap doing it because I was like, oh my gosh, everybody on social media is always like packaging their little stories and personal anecdotes in these kind of like prefabricated ways where you like know, whenever you read a little story on Twitter about like something crazy that happened, it's never really exactly what happened. It's like, um auto tuned into the social media, w- into lingo, social yeah. media, funny version, social media. And it feels like uh, inauthentic and consumable in a way that is disturbing. And it was making me kind of sad.
2: So you I found, found yourself that. doing that.
0: I found myself like telling the story the way I would tell it. And but feeling like by making it into this sort of social media project, I was like Twitterifying, Instagramifying real life in a way that felt like cheap and disturbing. And this <laughs> man, he's outside of that paradigm. He's totally he's outside, outside of, that of, of that paradigm. Why Do not would you
2: Instagramify me? Yeah, <laughs> the <this> story.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it just felt.
2: Why
1: would you trap this man in a little geode of social media narrative?
0: Totally. And I just thought, like, I don't know. Sometimes when I read people telling their funny little stories, I just come from a place of not even really believing them. I'm like, yeah, something like that kind of happened. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You've also been poisoned by stand up as well. Totally. And been poisoned by stand up and the liars who make Uh, up the narrative stand up world. Yeah. Fucking,
2: yeah, bullshit. You know who you are. Yeah. You know who you are.
1: (laughs) I relate in that even sometimes I'll be telling a story and I'm like, I'm putting too much sauce on this. I'm putting too much sauce on this. It's like, I got to actually just tell it.
0: Yes. And then it just made me think like, man, when you have something that really did happen and you're telling it pretty much exactly as is, no one can believe you because so many other people are out out selling their uh, souped up like Mm. fake stories, fakeified stories. And you're you're working against a paradigm that you can't change. Yes, totally. Yeah. Well, this, this old man sounds pretty funny. So he was being funny. And when are they performing this? They're doing this on June third, but they also they he invited me to come see them at their space on April sixth, so I'm gonna go to that. Oh, cool! See what's up. Yeah. I'd love to go. Yeah, you should come. It'll be fun. They play music that uh, I don't know anything about. Do you know who John Cage is? Yeah. I know he's yeah. famous, but I, even he he's the most famous, I guess, like experimental composer in the United States history. Maybe I did not know the name. So. Yo, if
2: they play four four three three, oh my, my ass is gonna fall asleep. Ah! that fucking song
0: yeah yeah that was a funny thing he even the show is six hours long if you're not on my close friends list and um i assumed that that meant that the audience had to sit there for six hours and i was like well that's kind of a drag but if that's the way he wants to do it and so when i was asking him about that he was like are you crazy people aren't gonna sit there for six hours who would want to do that and i was like well i know that i didn't know that you know that (laughs) like obviously not Um, people will come in and out so you just vibe and then you can leave um, cool yeah.
2: I hope there's little snacks
0: and there's going to be snacks yes. and hanging out you're yes. allowed to hang out in the okay,
2: other room this, this Chechnyan knows what he's doing <laughs> that's right this, <laughs> this Chechnyan knows what he's doing <laughs>
0: this Chechnyan <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> knows what's <laughs> up <sad>. oh, <laughs> very cool so then this connects this is just the beginning of the personal story I hope that's okay oh wow um, we, so we're only at 3% of, yeah. this, of this loading bar <laughs> so this is the beginning so then it, 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 all, it connects to two other things okay. one one um, I'm going to Louisiana on Sunday because my grandma is like my grandma's been dying for a long time, but she aren't, just aren't we all? Yes, we are all, you know, on the on the long on the long road to death. Yeah. Um, but she had an experience a couple of weeks ago where she just like almost died like in her sleep, you know, which I was talking to Felipe. How I does think she know? This. She was feeling weird all day and then she kind of laid down and she could feel herself just kind of passing out. In this way, but my oh grandpa God. like called an ambulance and she went to the hospital and they were like, "Oh, you were like five minutes from just <gasps> dying." Yeah, like your body was just going to sleep, is what they said.
1: I was literally about to say, "Well, you know, knowing you, and if if if, if your grandma has
0: any of what you have, maybe she was just freaking out." Yeah, just totally. had a little panic attack. Totally. She's like, "I'm passing Dude, out. I'm passing yeah. yes. out." Say it
2: was relaxing, or
0: no? She said that it was like a little disconcerting. Like she just knew something was up. She never really felt a little this disconcerting. Weird. You're dying, and you're like. It was a little weird. Yeah, it was a little weird. She takes a, like a quarter tab of Xanax every day, she has what I have, but she doesn't want to be, she was like, I could just take like huge doses of Xanax every day for the rest of my life and just bliss out, but I want to be present. <laughs> so she takes a quarter tab wow. to just take the edge off. Um, <laughs> which I think is funny. And... Um, <laughs> That made me think, one, it was sort of a strange thing because the dream is to die, basically like that. Yes. Like, who wants to go die of a heart attack or die in the hospital? Yeah, but like, it sounds like she wasn't wanna... fully
1: asleep if she could tell right. what right was It wasn't
0: like in the middle of the night. Had it been the middle of the night, yeah. she probably would have just died. Um, so, it's very sad. And sad. Uh, I'm going to just go see her, and I was just thinking about, like, my grandma was like really important to me in my life, and I was reflecting on the meaning of our relationship and who she is to me. And I was like, Oh, maybe I should try to like write something about this. And then, uh, I, my immediate second thought was like, no, you can't do that because stories about people talking about their relationship with their grandfather or grandmother are like so hack. Mm. It's like so such trodden territory. But you like, could write it for yourself. Right, well I guess this is sort of the point that I'm getting to is I just think of it as being like everyone, um, even the, the post people do when their grandparents die that are like, my grandma was the best grandma in the world. Yeah. Is so, I know that's just something that you say but there's something really bizarre about that sort of industry of grandparent writing where like everyone sort of <laughs> says exactly the same the, the thing. The grandparent
1: writing industrial complex. <laughs>
2: billions of dollars yeah. a year and
0: it feels really like kind of cheapening to me or something or like i don't know something weird about it because when you consider it for yourself you're like man it means so much to me my grandparents are so important to me i would love to express the like intensity of feeling i have towards them but when i see other people doing it i'm like ah eh, it's played like i don't want i'm not buying that if you're selling it yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: grandparentology yes yeah. it's the problem of the universal and the personal yeah. kind of mixed together because yeah. you're feeling something intense that you've never felt before or it feels unique and then you can also simultaneously and important and you can simultaneously understand that it's totally banal and that everyone in the world feels these things.
0: Yes. But it it also just made me feel about in connection with what I was saying about the Instagramification of like people's little funny anecdotes from their personal life. Like, oh, I'm treating grandparent stories like kind of a consumer product rather than like what you're saying, which is like it doesn't really matter if the market is flooded with grandparent memoirs. If I want to express something about my grandparents and how I feel about them. That has nothing to do with Well, also, th- you know... And I shouldn't think of it To your
1: credit, it. I think that you would probably write something interesting about your grandparents.
0: Well, okay, I guess You we'll would write, write
1: something it. not lame about your grandparents.
0: Yeah, but doesn't it just make you feel... I feel so, like, inundated by other people's work, I think, because of the internet and maybe the, like, point in life that we're at that just even the idea of approaching it felt so ridiculous like of course you shouldn't write an essay about your grandma i think like, you have funny
1: things to say about your grandma that you've told me plus this thing of like going to sleep and thinking you're you know you're dying like it is related to a feeling that you have totally all the totally, time totally. that i think is not everybody has that thing of like i'm about to pass out i'm scared you know like I yes. mean, that's an interesting connection that I, i'm just saying what
2: no no i my mom sent me this article that's entitled How My Grandmother Taught Me How to Die. Whoa. And I didn't read it, what but I should have read it for this fucking <laughs> you, how, how you, how's
1: you How is your grandmother going to teach you to die? I don't know. Because once she's I died, she can't teach you She gets anything.
2: up in front of that blackboard with the chalk. Yeah. She starts writing down yeah. it down.
0: Um So that's one facet of that story. And then I was on the phone with her, talking to her a couple days ago when I learned that she almost died. And I told her about Lifeworld. I'd never told her about it before. You hadn't. Because it's too hard to explain. And I was afraid it would just cause her anxiety. She'd be like, you're running a business? (laughs) But that's not your job? Like, that doesn't... It's funny, when I talk to my parents about it, I keep
1: calling it a theater. Yeah. Because the word space in Spanish doesn't have the same... Yeah, it literally, imagine if the word space just meant literally like a space space? (laughs) just like a space but Uh, in in english it has this connotation of like an art space but in spanish i say space and it's just like what are you talking like an empty space Mm -hmm. so i just keep saying theater It's just a little thing I'm connecting to you about how hard it is to describe life It's really
0: hard to describe. And so then, because she was asking me where my career is going or like what it is I'm even trying to do. And I was like, oh, well, there's all these different channels of it. And I'm hoping that it's kind of like leading me somewhere collectively. I don't really know. And she was like, I'm looking for the word to describe what I think about your life. I can't think of it. I can only think of unusual, but not in a bad way. Um, And that was just like an interesting, I don't know, reaction because I had... I find it really hard to explain to my family what the meaning of my life is even my parents really um honestly yeah. I even find that like so nice cuz it was kind I, of nice
1: I have I find up until f- like for a long time I mean my grandparents are pretty much gone at this point um but like even while they were alive for a long time, I don't think I would have ever even gotten that level of reflection on my life from them. Like for someone to say, "I'm looking for the word to describe your life and strange," isn't it? <laughs> shows shows a, a level of understanding. Yeah. And like um, assimilation of what you've told them that I did not. I don't think I really ever had with my grandparents. I think that's kind of cool, and I think it tells me something about you because I think you are a person who's like plugged in and you know some people are just like that's nice you know totally like,
0: i scored two goals at soccer team yeah yeah <laughs> you know, it's, it sounds are like you terrific. scoring any goals your <laughs> grandma i scored two goals this week grandma <laughs> <laughs> yeah or
1: even you tell them all the crazy shit and they're like that's nice, it sounds like you're really enjoying things, yes, And it's totally, like no, she was totally. just like let me let me put this through the me machine and react. And, and and react and put give an output that's yeah. like filtered through my understanding. I think that's
0: to me that's like monumental totally totally, yeah, um so I have sort of mixed feelings about going. And my parents will be there too. And, and I always feel like when I'm with my whole little family, like it, we were talking about this yesterday in a different context, but like you get your life reflected back to you by different people. And I don't usually like the way my family reflects it back to me because they reflect it back as like, oh, do you want to weren't you thinking about going to law school or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's their reaction sometimes. Um, and I don't like being in that universe. It makes me just want to be like, okay, I just want to leave and go back to where people, my life makes sense to people and they think it's good. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: All your choices are sort of inert and meaningless. And yeah. And you're actually in between things. Whereas for you, you're in something, but totally. to you're in between.
0: I'm in between things. Yeah. And I told my grandmother, she said that I was like, Okay, well, listen to this. If you were 27 and you lived in Brooklyn, what I was doing would make sense. It would be so normal. There's <laughs> would nothing. Normal. In fact,
1: it's kind of embarrassing how normal
0: it's it is. It's kind of embarrassing how normal it is, and she was like, okay, I bet that that's true. Yeah, so that's interesting. Mm. Okay, so then the final part of the story, the theme of the story that unites the three parts is... um.
2: Wait, can I say it? Yeah. Is it lo- uh, like... I mean, it has something to do with social media, but yeah. like reflecting the stories of your life through either social media through your stand-up, like through through a kind of exp- a, a self-expression that you'd deliver to a wider audience.
0: I think that that's right. I was going to say old people. Oh, um. okay. Oh, because the guy... <laughs> cause the, the guy's che- old. The Czech guy is old. My grandma's old. Grandma's old. And I'm going to do a third story. But that's also right. I think that's the... The sub theme. There's like okay. a, a larger theme, and then there's like how the story. Yeah, I'd okay. say my thing would be the it's large thing theme. in yeah. the old <laughs> <sub smaller> theme. <laughs>
2: Um
0: So this one, I don't know if she's going to listen to this episode in particular, but if she does, Cecilia Condit, I'm your biggest fan. Um, <laughs> I went to a Cecilia Condit screening last week. And Cecilia is 75 years old, and I, I think, I walked in to the screening. I was supposed to meet Ian there. Ian was late, so I was alone. Classic situation where, like, there's not enough people in the room for you to really be, like, anonymous if you're alone, and so yeah. you have to just kind of, like, stand, holding a cup, like, smiling around <laughs> <and everybody, Yeah. laughs> um feeling uncomfortable. And so I just went in, and I, like, looked at the floor straight, just sat, and I was like, I'm just going to sit here and just, like, deactivate until the movie starts. Um, And Cecilia came and sat down next to me and was like, hey, just want to tell you i love your podcast um you hear that <laughs> ah! <laughs> um and that kind of blew my mind and so, so if you're listening to this episode thanks for listening uh i just thought that was cool and especially given like my parents have tried listening to the podcast and i was like we just don't really get like what you guys are talking about and so yeah it's just, no, it doesn't make sense for us i wonder um,
1: what that experience is like because right now right we're talking about something quite
0: Normal, we're talking about something normal. Like Anyone could kind of this understand part. this conversation, yes, totally. But it's like, had we talked about English MPCC Fest, yes, then we'd be going down, yeah, you know? then, then we'd have a, a broad following. Yeah. Did
2: Cecilia say anything like, I love the deep timbre of Sam's voice?
0: <laughs> no, she said sometimes it's offensive, sometimes it's not, um, but it's very honest.
1: I yeah. g- I'm also I'm kind of curious what she means by that. When, when have we been we, when offensive? We offensive? What has she heard that offended yeah. her? Cuz sometimes people say offensive when they mean is like cr- what they mean is crass. crass. Yeah. Like probably. sometimes you swear and talk and about sex And I think sex. it is crass a
0: lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Um so it was just interesting and I just like her a lot and think of her as like a an older person to be like looked to as like a, a way to be, yeah. Or even just as an artist, you know? Like I would want to be like that. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just thinking about theme of my week was thinking about older people. And that's part of why I liked the conductor is I was like, man, this guy's an experimental guy and he's now 80 and he's still like not institutionalized. He's still like, let's do it in the
2: <laughs> shitty <gritty laughs> style. Let's <laughs> sit in the <laughs> shitty chair. Yeah. I know. But what,
0: what is that respect, life like? Respect, you know, you get to be respect. 80 is,
1: is, you know, are you like roughing it? Is that guy roughing
0: it? Mm, well, he kept being like, we have funding. Oh, don't worry. We have funding. We have funding. Um, in a way that like, uh, I, most people I know don't have funding for the things that they do but when you're in the DIY world and you do have funding you do talk about it all the time and you're like we're paying the artists we're paying the artists yeah artist but you think the artists. funding he is was like, like giving that. him a nice apartment in New York City I kind of bet you
2: think yo so. every old person in New York City <laughs> has a nice apartment that's true like, if you've, true. you've been living in there yeah, yeah. If yeah. you've it's been living there for $45 a month exactly exactly
1: yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah you're right about that yeah that's something I learned when I was selling Christmas trees um to it on the upper west side all these old people would come who would like not want to pay what the christmas trees cost because they were very expensive and i just got this feeling that i was like oh my gosh all of you guys just like Live in Manhattan because you've had these apartments for a really long time, and like no one's gonna get you out because you've got a really good. No deal. one can pry it from yeah. your, from your old ass hands. So none of my friends can live here because all of you guys are here paying seventy dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, well, Christmas I'm. Street can't afford.
2: I met someone. One of my friends was like lives in this apartment in Crown Heights, and she was, They were like, I have this sick apartment. It's when we found it and started renting it. It was the first time the apartment had been on the internet. The apartment that, had never seen the internet. <laughs> meaning that, meaning that the person who lived in it before had lived in it for such a long time that the, they, the they didn't even exist. It didn't even crossed hands in the past like thirty years, and it and it's two people live in it, and it's fucking huge. It's huge, wow. and it's rent controlled. Mm. So that's the thing. You got to find an apartment that an old person has been living in for and hack their life and kill them. Yeah. <laughs> so then mm. you get their apartment, marry
1: yeah. them, <laughs> poison them.
2: <laughs> yes
1: at the apartment.
2: Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's cool. You yeah. want to be like Cecilia Condit. I and would. And did you, did you want to Instagram that interaction at all? Because that would tie that anecdote into my theme. Mm. But have you conspicuously left that out? So
0: Let <laughs> me look at my notes because I wrote a little note about how these three stories are connected. And now I'm I gonna know. I was like, there's the... no point here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just it's just reflection. It's just reflection. Oh, I guess she actually had a connection to the conductor in that Cecilia talks in this cool way. Where um, there was a point in the Q and A, she was doing one of her like students was also showing work, and the Q and A was just like them having a conversation. And the student was like, "Oh, torture is a big theme in my work. Is torture a theme in your work, Cecilia?" And she was like, "Hmm, pain, yes. Violence, yes. Torture, no. Never. It's never a theme." that's um, good <laughs> you <laughs> gotta I know like your it. work you when people talk like that instead of being like if that were me i'd be like oh uh, yeah i'm sure it's in there somewhere uh let me think let me think uh yeah, yeah. and just like <laughs> making up some way to acquiesce the torture instead. of
1: the torture of pain yeah the torture of, love. <laughs> the torture of violence yeah, yeah. isn't art um, a kind of torture
0: but she was like Mm-mm, no yeah and yeah. i just like when people talk like that and i would like to be more like that yeah you gotta so, know your work yeah maybe there's no point but uh, that was what I brought this week. I have some other topics that have more of a point. We talk about Lauren Euler again. I, she wrote, she's written another scathing review. Of what? Of uh, Jennifer Egan's new book. She came for Jennifer Egan. Oh my God. Visit from the of Goon of the Squad. 21st century. Visit I from the Goon Squad. I read
1: that in high school and I thought it was just fine.
0: It's just fine. Yeah. And that's one of what she says. And it won the Pulitzer Prize and you're like, why? Because it had a PowerPoint chapter in it. Was oh. that a big deal back then? That was formally inventive. No one had ever done that. And she talks about that in the book. She's like, it seems so dated that anybody thought that that was like... And it was about silences and rock songs. Yes, I'll that's I'll always right. remember that. That's I don't right. remember very much that's from that right. book,
1: but I remember that it's about... It's a PowerPoint uh, that this kid makes about silence about and rock songs. About epic pauses. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. So she wrote this review, another like takedown of the new book being like, basically, it's not that interesting. Kind of being like, Visit from the Goon Squad wasn't that great. And this one's even worse. (laughs) And Lauren Euler, yeah, is famous for writing the, like, one-pan review of uh, Gia Tino's book, Trick Mirror. Um, Really, like, tore it apart. Well, wait, Right? I have something to share, actually,
1: that's personal. And actually, we might... I don't know if we want to take it out. I can sort of ask the people if they're involved (laughs) in it, if they want me to take it out. But, um... So, I spoke with... So, on Saturday... And this is connected to what you just said. On Saturday, Julie and Peter are having their show. Their
0: show's going to happen. In Hamburg. In Hamburg. So
1: if you're in Hamburg, go out to see Protect Attack. <laughs> uh, I don't know who's uh, the Hamburg Players Society. I don't know what it's called. The National German Theater, Hamburg yeah. edition. And um, she told me that they had a run through of it and that it. she was really unhappy with it. When? Oof.
0: I talked to her yesterday. She's even fine. No, I talked to her yesterday. She was not ah, fun. I guess I talked to her two days ago. <gasps>
1: yeah.
2: She texted me this morning saying she was fun. <laughs> <laughs> a, little, wow. a little happiness sandwich. Why?
1: Well, I mean, and again, we can <laughs> we can take this out if she doesn't want me to talk about it, but I'm just reflecting on like, oh, it's just fucking hard to make art. She said that they did a, a run through of it and she was just like, it's not working. And I realized all these things about it that I should have realized earlier. Obviously, in my estimation, I think when you're about to put out a show you always feel bad the week of the week of it's not coming together and I think it always comes together but she was just like there are things about it I've realized that like just simply do not um, work and she has all this anxiety about it being a failure and again like I'm narrating this in the third person which Mm -hmm. is to say like I don't I don't know if it is or isn't. I'm and I'll say this, that she isn't. doesn't know either because
0: the whole play is in German. Julia doesn't speak She German. doesn't even know so if they're saying the words. <laughs> what if the whole time... Really? They're wow. Saying it's
2: in German.
1: They translated it. it.
2: Wow. Translated
1: it. Yeah. And actors are playing Julia and Peter. And she was just like, one of the problems is like, it should be me. and Like when it's me and Peter playing them, you are wondering, is this true? Mm. Are these people really the people that they say they are? Yes. She goes, when actors are playing these characters... Presumably, the audience that's coming in has like a membership to the, the theater and like knows the actors part and part of so the players. It doesn't yeah. have the same impact. And, you know, again, like, I'm like, I don't know, you know, you don't, you don't know what, what magic is going to happen the night of and et cetera. But yeah, she was just kind of like despairing. And I think of Julia as such a,
0: um, she's pragmatic and,
1: well, I was going to say incredible artist. Oh, <laughs> like a person who's so incredible, so, uh, her and peter like just yeah. make such next level work and she said this thing that i related to where she was like i feel like a bad artist and you know wow. i said to her i said you know it's like obviously that's a totalizing you know you're you're taking this experience you just had totalizing it obviously you know the therapists could just tell you like that's not don't think that that's not right obviously but you do think it and i think it all the time and um, what what was the thing that I was connecting it to something you were just That's talking like about Lauren Euler ripping oh people. yeah you know I was just thinking with Jennifer Eager and it's like ah, it's so hard to make good stuff and a thousand percent yeah and at a certain point I wonder yeah, you, just, you. I think you probably spend your life failing more than you do succeeding.
0: Totally, and yes, and we know from that Einstein quote that you posted on Instagram yesterday. Everyone focuses on your failures. I know, not on your successes. Einstein. Yeah, and mm. I, and if
1: you haven't seen it, go to my story. I'm going to repost it today because it's probably the 24 hour limits coming up. It is just a beautiful little story. Yes.
2: Really? What? Do you, you want, want me to read it? To you? Yeah. Do you want to tell it?
1: It's incredible. Yeah. Let me just pull it up.
2: Einstein this is a story about Einstein oh fuck
0: wait I gotta find it in my archive um well then I'll fill in this gap <laughs> yeah that actually relates to the point I was gonna make about the Lauren Euler reviews is that I really I don't read a lot of literary criticism
2: yeah uh, how, there's so you? many hours
0: in the day why would, why would I would you? you know yeah, I'm not yeah. even reading the book you're not reading the book are you you're gonna, gonna read the, the, the really criticism, criticism? Yeah. Jesus Christ I, I only want the bad part yeah um, but i do read lauren Euler's reviews because i'm fascinated by her as like someone who's like coming for these people uh and like really giving it to them and you get the sense that she's not just trying to be a contrarian she like really is finding issue with the way these things are being talked about and then i went and read some more of her novel because you know that's hard to be out here i know and you and you read one page and you thought i can't read this i didn't like it and i'll talk about that in a second i want to do your einstein thing first but i will say that like the way she does criticism, which is, I think, the popular mode now, is to like really have this big thesis about reality and the world and what we have to learn from the failings of this particular book. And a little bit while I was reading this particular review, I was like, sounds like Jennifer Regan just kind of had a hard time coming up with good ideas for this whole I know. <laughs> Sometimes the deadline's
1: coming up. Yeah. You haven't come up with anything. She you yeah. gotta had put a contract. something out.
0: And because this new book is apparently like Visit from the Goon Squad. It's a lot of the same characters, but it's focusing on different ones. The Visit from the Goon Squad is structured so that it's a world of characters. Each one gets a chapter where they're the main guy and then they appear in like other ones and it's over like 40 It's years. like one of those like monkey
1: chains where the, each monkey is... It's, it's a monkey like, chain. In each story there's a character and then the next chapter you read about and that one. If
0: I were to write a review of it, I'd say it's just a big monkey chain, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing special. Nothing and your the thing about
2: meeting deadlines and having a half idea that you need to turn into a whole piece of art, that's a truth about... the a big T truth about the world that's boring. It's boring. It's a boring yes. truth, but it's a yes. truth nonetheless. You and know?
0: so all of this was being extrapolated about how this relates to like uh, technological takeover of the world and what is actually structurally interesting and how the Internet has affected our reading of books. And stuff. that it was like, it sounds like she just wrote some boring stories. I don't know. Yeah, it's you know, hard.
2: Well, it's, so. it's it makes me think that the the best kinds of criticisms are ones that are sort of like, take the piece of artwork and use it, I think kind of apply it to a bigger context. Yeah. I think those are fun to read. Yeah. And also that's like, I think you also need to like give credit to the artist a little bit where I'm like, where it's like, okay, I'm going to use your art and you use your art to think about something bigger. Yeah. And it's maybe called the cri- criticism. There's things about the art that fall short, but they fall. It's interesting to think about why they fall short, but it's like, the kind of artist's actual work sort of d- disappears into the background. Yes. And I think that's okay, but sometimes it's like, oh, well, you're kind of throwing Jennifer under the bus. You're really coming
0: for a Jennifer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. And it also just makes me think of the fact that like, criticism almost seems irrelevant when you think about the fact that, I've said this on the podcast probably 10 times, but like when Infinite Jest came out, people were like, this is the new genre of books. This is postmodernism. And David Foster Wallace is the giant of writing and Mm -hmm. this will change everything. And like people talk about that book a lot and joke about it a lot, but people don't read it a lot. And that like sort of wave of postmodernism that it represented, people don't even think that's not really the thing that came next in literature. Like that's not the quintessential uh, cornerstone of the movement that followed. Mm-hmm. And, but that was what they thought at the time it was going to be. So it just kind of goes to show it's like, Oh, the critics, they're, they they got to just think of something that they think.
1: It's true. Someone should write some criticism about Lauren Euler, Euler's criticism. I mm-hmm. got
0: this, This piece Mm -hmm. wasn't so interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I went back and I was reading some more of her novel and I had some more thoughts about that, but let's do the Einstein. Well, we're
1: at, you know, we don't, I don't know if we have time for (sighs) too much more, but Come on, Felipe. Hear this. Albert Einstein once wrote on a chalkboard. Okay. Nine times one equals nine. Nine times two equals 18. Nine times three, 27. So far, so good. Nine (laughs) times four, 36. Nine times five, 45. Nine times six, 54. So far, so good. Nine times seven, sixty-three. Nine times eight, seventy-two. Nine times nine, eighty-one. Nine times ten, ninety-one. Nine times ten, ninety-one.
2: And that's wrong. Suddenly,
1: (laughs) chaos erupted in the classroom because Einstein made a mistake. Obviously, the correct answer to nine times ten isn't ninety-one, and all his students ridiculed him. Einstein waited for everyone to be silent and said. Despite the fact that I analyzed nine problems correctly, no one congratulated me. But when I made one mistake... <laughs> Did he really do this? <laughs> when I made one mistake, everyone started like laughing. <laughs> this means that even if a person is successful, society Someone's will notice... like, I'm bored.
2: <laughs> I'm bored. I got to go in the middle of his speech. <laughs> society
1: will notice his slightest mistake. So... Don't let criticism <laughs> Don't let criticism destroy your dreams. The only person who never makes a mistake is someone who does nothing. And Albert Einstein said that. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, did you write that? I hey, no. wish
1: no Albert Einstein. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, Albert Einstein. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bro, if I could, if I could have lunch with anyone living or dead, I would just love to pick <laughs> me, Albert Einstein. Me brain. too. Why did you do that <laughs> weird a, thing? What? a, what a giant. What yeah. an intellectual giant that I would love to Why pick his brain. Why were you so
2: weird in the classroom? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Oh yeah, he would. And he'd be so fun over beers because oh, he'd, yeah. he'd be always doing that face where the he goes, yeah. he's sticking yeah. out his tongue, you know, and his hair's all messy. I love that. Yeah,
1: and he could explain E equals M C squared, which we all know, but but few of us know what it actually means. No, but we know it. But we know it. I know it by heart.
2: That's when I was watching a documentary once with someone, a friend of mine's dad, we like saw MC squared, like written somewhere on a, it was written on an aircraft carrier and it was like a world war two documentary. And the, the dad was like, yep. And that's what won the war. <laughs> like I don't think that's what, wow. what did it.
0: Yeah. Wow. I wonder what he would think about Steam. If you like, steam or stem. E equals MC squared. What does that mean? Energy equals
1: mass times something squared. What is the C? That's the the number, the secret number, I guess. C squared.
2: Uh, It's probably what Elon Musk is going to name his next kid. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Sarah, why don't you transition to the thing... The last thing I want to talk about? The last thing you wanted to talk about. You have about.
0: another thing to talk yes, about? Yes. Well, this one's... A, we got oh, five minutes I left. know, but this one goes into comedy stuff. Oh, please. So, um, okay, but it relates... And then
2: I get to tell uh, you guys about my morning.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> um, so the, the, we can talk th- about selfie museums if again. If there's time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It starts with the Lauren Euler book, What The Thing I Don't Like About It. The book's called Fake Accounts. And uh, the opening is a like a person... is a an omniscient literary voice (laughs) recounting like all of the state of the world and being like everyone right now thinks the world is going to end and it's going to become because of um social media warring political factions climate change like less a bunch of things and then it's like and so everyone just like is in a malaise and like it gives this extreme overarching view of just like the existential state of mind that everyone's in and i really don't like that And it made me think of, um, in comedy, how I really don't like, there's this thing people do where they want to, like, make these kind of totalizing statements. I think of it as, like, comedy that's, like, shooting you with a gun in the middle of their set, where suddenly (laughs) they, like, break from their joke voice to be, like, to get really serious and, like, talk suddenly about, like, gender violence or, like, um, something. I wish I had a good example of it. But, like they suddenly want to make like little sort of aside real statements about like how fucked up everything is. You know what I'm talking about? about. Uh, It's like a stylistic device and I find it to be uncreative or something. And I worry that I do it. And it's something that I've been thinking like, Oh, I need to go back through my jokes and make sure that I'm not doing this. Cause I know I have jokes where I do stuff like that. Cause I feel like the world feels so fucked up to people that they, it's, weird to not acknowledge sort of the state of things when you're doing some kind of like public performance or creating some kind of art. But that strategy of just sort of like a direct address of like how fucked everything is, I don't know, it's like unartistic to me. I don't like it. If you, if i specific enough, do you guys have any idea what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. You able to do that?
2: No, I I know exactly what you're talking about. And in, in times when I too think it's it's probably, it's bad and, and artful, certainly. and And I can also think, there's times where I sometimes want to express... I've picked chosen a topic that has a little bit of like teeth to it. It's about things people care about. And I need to express a political opinion about it first so that I can make everyone in the room calm they understand mm. that I'm on the right yes. side of this yes. thing yes, yes, so yes, that yes. then we can go on to joke about it. Yes. They can relax enough that they can like hear the funny thing yes. it is I want to say about yes.
0: it. This guy's yes. an epic feminist. Yes. yes. We're coming from a place of all being in perfect ideological alignment. And so now we can share a laugh. <laughs> yeah. Right. We right. can have a laugh in it. Yeah. Um, I think that's right. Yeah, and I also just find it to be sort of self-serving. When I hear yes. a comedian doing it, I'm like, you want to convey to people that you are smart, you know what's up, you're engaged, you're on the right side. And so when I feel a comedian wanting to do something that the point of it is to make me think, oh, they're cool, I find that immediately alien. Disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. It's disgusting. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, you don't need to tell me anything about the state of the world. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I. Yeah, I mean, I also think that we're kind of saturated with that kind of discourse so it's really hard to make it sound so it's really hard to make it sound um like you really have any insight totally anything you say it's like you've heard that somewhere else i mean that's true about anything it's hard to say something that feels true and fresh but especially when you're trying to talk like that the an attempt to inject um gravitas is actually doing the opposite because as soon as you say the thing that we all know about some social topic it is instantly clear that you have borrowed this
0: totally from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, like uh, I can, I'm trying to think of a really specific example so that people who are listening have any idea. Um, women comedians who acknowledge that they date men and then do a little aside about like knowing that men are tools of their oppression and like a little like haha, like it's it's so fucked up to be straight if you're a woman. Kind of joke where they just they fire what's off the solution, a little, like, just go straight to the joke. Just tell you, you date men, okay? I get it. I already know what all the baggage is that that comes with. I don't need to hear you acknowledge that. I don't like you're a feminist and um, misandrist or something. Like, uh, enough, yeah, just do it. I don't know, enough, yeah, just date the guy. <laughs> just date the guy, you're dating the guy, you're dating the guy. I know what that implies, <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> we all, yeah, and we all, we all do bad things, it, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't so, need to
1: launder your your horrible proclivities. Yeah. Your disgusting fetishes.
0: It's funny, I've seen so many stand up comedy shows in the last two weeks after like a long time of this not is the any. thing
2: I wanted to talk about, the personal thing, Sarah, on my list was your stand up revival.
0: Oh yeah, I'm on my stand up revival. Yeah, yeah, you're back on it. You're back on yeah. the horse. And listen to this I had two shows this week, but now I gotta go to Louisiana. But back to having more than one show in a week, listen to this. Yeah. That's great, Sarah. Yeah, exciting. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. But even like, you know, I have this joke that I've been doing that makes people laugh and that works, but I'm already just like bored of it and I I don't find it funny anymore and I want to just like discard it and move on. But I'm like, ah. but that's not... That's not what it is. That's not that's not what it is. That's not that's how not it goes. That's it not how it goes. Do the joke that people laugh at. Yeah. You got
1: to you got to get past the boredom into into magic. Yes. Into
0: truth. Totally. But then I also been having this feeling of like I've been at a few shows where I hear people doing bad jokes and they're getting big laughs and so it makes me think, oh you can't even trust the laughter, so you can only trust yourself. So if I think you something's can't not funny trust anymore, the laughter. the laughter doesn't mean the joke is good. Obviously, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> maybe
1: maybe you like drop it for a little while if it's feeling
0: rote. Yeah, bring it back. Yeah, that's great. Sarah, is is it the
2: um so the act joke of killing joke? Uh huh. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the one. It does well, but I'm kind of like, oh, it's unsurprising. I find it like, I don't know, it just doesn't interest me. I'm over it. Yeah. So I heard Brian Regan say once that when he got tired of telling jokes, he would purposely
1: tell them wrong, like he'd tell them with a different cadence or like put the emphasis on the wrong word. Hmm. But he was doing, you know, he hundreds doing, of sets. Yeah, that's wild. You're, you're doing. Yeah, you can You can't be bored <laughs> of that <laughs> joke Doing yet, six in uh, two new months. New, 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 new.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had this realization about the joke. It, it involves the, describing what the movie The Act of Killing is about, which is like disturbing. And I realized that I don't need to be really specific about it. I was always being, giving like exactly
2: like it's this genocide that happened in see, this year. The joke's still evolving. The There's joke's still, still evolving. still evolution to yeah. happen. Can I say a thing about the joke? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you're about to give feedback? Am give I, me the note. I, I'm about to give you a note. First time this has ever happened on the podcast. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. After you do the first punchline where you're like, where we realize that you get what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You, you launch into Peter's thing about climate change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, you think it's, I'm a person who just thinks we need to round up all the bad people. And yeah. then you have the rapid fire thing where you're like, I'm today years old when you thought yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think. Why
0: wow, Sam has memorized the joke saw think, it once. I
2: think. I think. Right after you deliver the punchline the first time, I think you need a little bit more rapid fire stuff. Right there, right there, before you suddenly start talking about Peter and climate yeah, change. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I think you're right, because that's where all the like power is. So yeah, that's just, a good like, note. Yeah. extract as many laughs from that. And when you start yes. talking
1: about Peter, I think is this a new joke? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what yeah, I, yeah, think yeah, 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 yeah. I think too. I think oh, right. she's doing another story. You're right. Say, Sarah, don't give it up. Don't give up the you're joke. You're right. You're Keep right. It Could be better.
0: Could be better. Um, yeah, something else. I was just thinking about that joke and the act of killing thing and evoking genocide. And there was a moment before I did the joke for like a fourth time. Maybe this isn't even interesting. But I like got, I became so upset that I was like, why am I talking about people being killed 50 years ago that I didn't know. There's no stakes for that for me. Like, I don't feel... I feel a, a certain way about people being killed, but, like, not on a personal level. And I just, like, laid down on the floor and was like, wow, I hate myself. I shouldn't do this <laughs> <laughs> joke anymore. That's, I'm a bad artist. I'm a bad artist. That's about you, I'm mean. That's I'm bringing darkness you. into the world. That's and, but then I had this realization while I was laying on the floor that I was like, just don't evoke the specific. Just say war crimes and people can do whatever they want with it and I don't have to be like, these people were killed because... Well, I don't need to. I don't need to. Yeah. So, but it made me feel really sad. Yeah. I mean, I do think,
1: I do think there is something about contending with, you know, it's like obviously when you watch a documentary about something like that, you are a person comfortably sitting in your house mm-hmm. and like absorbing atrocities of people who, and then you you're don't chatting know. about it with your friend. That yeah. You and with. I think that that's a valuable, you know, it's a, it's an ugly truth, but it's a valuable truth to get across, even if it makes you ashamed. It's like, yeah, I mean that's the truth of watching a documentary like that, and that's the truth of that conversation you're having with that person in that joke, yeah. which is that you're like flippantly or, or sort of like engaging with it discussing. and self-serving. Yeah. yeah, so
0: so it's actually I, fine. We're
2: I, I was watching Nate Bargatze like the past couple of weeks, and I really admire how much he just like when he's telling a story, he just sort of like he leaves the he leaves the the details like they're very sparse on details and he knows exactly what are sort of the fewest words he can say to get you to like what he thinks is funny about the idea. I was watching, I've been going to some stand-up shows this past two weeks too and you can tell when people are doing stories about their life, you can tell those moments where they're like, Oh, I can see how you sat down at a table and were writing out this story. And you're just you're rinsing every detail for jokes, like every turn of the story. You're like, how can I make this funny? How can I tell a joke about this one little detail? And and I want if when I start getting back into stand up, I think a part of me wants to do like stories about my real life. And I, I'm always like, I gotta be like Nate Bargatze. Yeah, like he he has this joke where he's like, my wife saw someone from across. We were on a boat, and he saw someone. She saw someone from across the, on another boat who she used to date, and she told me that. And and I told that story to someone else, and they were like, why didn't you go fight him? And I was like, fight this guy. Like I would imagine like that fight starting. It would start with him like watching me my head little like bob over as i like swam over and then he was like do you know how hard it is to get into a, a boat and he's like it would take me about an hour to get to climb into his boat he's like he'd have to help me into the boat that's how that fight would start and I, i'm like that's really funny and it's yeah. like it requires so few details and he just like gets right to it um anyways
0: yeah. thing to think about. No, totally. I think that's so true. That's the note I always give to my mom about telling stories is like, think of what the point of the story is. <laughs> then only <laughs> give details Brutal. that are in some way serving that point. And whenever I do the thing, like I did it earlier on the podcast, where I was like, I think this happened on Tuesday. Or maybe it happened on Monday. The day of the week has nothing to do no, with sometimes, but sometimes, but sometimes
1: you want to be, you want to take a page from Pynchon's book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you know, and just have the story yes. Yes.
2: spread out like a tree. Yeah. <laughs> or like a, a, or a, a younger comedian or less experienced community would be like, oh, maybe I was wearing a funny thing and I can like make a joke about the funny totally thing I was like, wearing. Totally. And then also the funny... Th- way my my wife said that thing and it was like no you can leave behind the little jokes and just get to the big one
0: totally i keep thinking this now that i'm back performing it's a note that i have for other people who i've seen and but then also obviously for (laughs) myself stop being so overwritten i'm like i overwrite things but then i also watch people's comedy where i'm just like i can just see you straining in your notebook writing this out yeah Yeah. like memorizing to say every stupid word yeah and hitting every word and again this is like comedy it's like a gun it's just like like stop 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 <laughs> just like talk just talk normal yeah just talk yeah normal <laughs> just drives me insane yeah but yeah. It, it's a note for me so i hope that it doesn't seem um, it's interesting because yeah, you do have a very it's written written i know I say overwritten, mm-hmm. written. I it's not overwritten <laughs> yeah um, it is written.
1: we're at time yep so well thanks for coming if you watched and if you're listening thanks for listening you guys got some... Oh, we got a... Simpletons has got a show next Friday. Next Friday. At Life World. At Life World. That's March 25th, 9 p.m. We're doing a double bill with Hannah Mitchell, who's a clown. Very funny. Anything else to plug?
3: Nope.
2: Nope. Have a good day.
0: Have a good day. Bye, guys. Raisin Man Arena.